today is May 4th, 2010. My name is Sharon. And it's going to be audience participation. Amen. All right, since I didn't have time beforehand, I'm just going to, um, y'all can go, I must speak the first scripture. But uh, we're grabbing one that Eric gave us Sunday. <laughs> I say a 49.13. So if somebody wants to find that, just hang on to it and I call it out, then you can. Not turned on. So, there's a little switch on the top. There you go. Sharon in stereo. Yes. Isaiah 49. Yes, 49, 13. And then we're going to go into Philippians. Um, the three different people can do it. I need Philippians 4, 4 through 7. A Philippians 4, 10 through 13. And Philippians 4, 19. So we're going to, I'm just going to start off with a little bit of introduction of who I am. Maybe I'll kind of set what's going to come out <laughs> later. Um, I knew Jesus when I was about three years old. But I didn't have any teaching. To me, he was just this wonderful little kid that had a mama named Mary. And the book said he grew up and, um, and, and died on a cross. I didn't have any understanding, but I really love that little golden book. It's called the Nativity because I love the pictures in it. Um, but I did ask my mom a question at that time, and she couldn't answer it. And I was sitting there looking at the book, and I was looking at the pictures, and there was a blue sky painted. And to me, Jesus was like far away, you know, another world, another universe. I didn't connect him to me in that place and time. And as my mom said, well, mom, if we have a blue sky above us and we can see the stars and the moons and the sun, does Jesus have a blue sky above him too, thinking he was already in heaven? She couldn't answer the question. So over the years, I've figured out somewhat the answer to that. I was saved um, approximately when I was about 27 years old. I was filled with the Spirit a few months later. Um, the neat thing about that was that it was pretty much all my own. Um, the only thing about the Holy Spirit was that the people that I was connected with at the time at a Bible study said, well, just go hide in the closet and speak until you can speak in a different language. I never knew how to speak Latin. So I, it just, it wasn't making sense. And I just didn't do it. <laughs> so one night, my then two-year-old um, son, for some reason, woke up. And I went to lay down with him in bed. And this love, this amazing, strong love came over me. Now, he went to sleep, but I couldn't go to sleep. I just, I got so excited, and I just started speaking. And all of a sudden, I was speaking words that were not words that I had ever been learned or had ever been taught, but I recognized the words that I was saying. So I was kind of speaking and interpreting at the same time, and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I was just so full of God's love. I had to actually get out and go into another room, and I think I stayed out for almost a sunrise, just speaking over and over again. And when I was speaking, God kept showing me um, the sea and where Jesus was with the disciples when he met them on the ocean, when he called them to him, just over and over again. So um, I think we had a Bible study again within two days of that, and everybody figured it out. I didn't say anything. They just said the look on my face was enough. <laughs> What is this? Um, God's good. His love is beyond our understanding. And a little bit what we're going to talk about tonight is his love. Um, at the same time, actually before all of that occurred, I was already having visions and dreams. I've had them like I've had them all my life, forever. And um, I never really prayed. never really spent time praying. Reading the word, God kind of came out backwards, <laughs> which He does a lot of times. He gets me in the middle of something, and all of a sudden I realize, oh, that's what God was saying. Well, this time I had nothing except my dad, and some of you may have heard the story. My dad is a, is a pilot, flew all over the country. This time they were brokering an airplane, which is like you're selling a house, but they had to take the airplane to the buyers, and they were over um, in the Middle East. And they stopped, uh, I think, in Abu Dhabi, and then they went on to Italy and in Rome. And they were supposed to pick up a buyer and bring them back to the States so they could sample the airplane. Well, that night, 
um, for some reason I went to bed early, must have been around 10, 10, 15. I remember laying down on my left side, and there's something about your left side, at least for me there is. Lay down on my left side, and all I said was, God, I know that you're real, and I know that you're going to protect my dad. I just want you to put the angels on either side of the plane, on the wings, and lift him up to bring him home, because they want him home for Thanksgiving. And it was just about that simple. And I went to sleep. Um, the next morning, we found out that, that my dad was not going to be home at Thanksgiving. What had happened is, on takeoff, uh, the plane lost an engine. And this was a BAC-111, so it's like a small airliner. Um, and when you lose an engine on takeoff with full fuel, full luggage, full passengers, usually you sit ground pretty quick. But there's very little lift under the plane to even get you to turn or even get you back. Um, they were able to get up high enough to make the turn, dumped all the fuel all over the city of Rome, which is illegal, and managed to land the plane and got down safely. The people that were on the plane with him, the passengers, destroyed the inside of the plane in that short amount of time. And one passenger, the fact that she got up and turned up in the microwave as they were taking off, um, didn't help. And um, but we didn't know all that. The people on the plane were uh, family and members of the movies. So I think everybody knows Sun Myung Moon and his followers. That's for the people who are going to buy the plane. My dad did not want to fly them. He said, oh, Lord, I don't want to do this. He had to send their contraband. They were trying to bring all kinds of alcohol and stuff into the States through this private plane. And my dad caught it, and, and they had to um, ship it another way. So he got down. He said the first time in his life, he got down on the ground and kissed the ground. And um, and, but I asked him later on. He didn't come home until almost Christmas because they had to send for an engine. We had to put it all back in and take off again with no passengers. But when he got home and they settled the plane, I was I asked him, I said, what time was it when you when that happened? And I asked him what day, because I want to make sure it was the same day and time that I had prayed that prayer. It was exactly in Italy, the same time that I had prayed that very simple little prayer. I was not a born again spirit filled Christian. I just prayed a prayer. And God will honor any prayer any prayer. Okay? You don't have to be a Christian to pray. It's nice if you are. <laughs> you know, you know that you have some answers. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It quickly made me rethink what I was doing and where I was going. Um, so that kind of started my, my journey with the Lord. And I've had other visions and, and other dreams and other things that I'll throw in as we go along. Um, but I want to go into the scriptures that I called out. So the first one that you didn't hear was Psalms 34.1. And some of these are scriptures that are just what I call my scriptures. They're kind of the ones I go to, um, to to lift me up, to keep my eyes on him. 34, uh, Psalm 34.1, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's what we're doing here. Amen. That's what we're doing here. So God said we have two arms. Okay? So everybody stand up, please. <laughs> Just for a moment. <laughs> All right. Y'all can stomp your feet, right? You can pick one foot up and put it down on the floor and you can stop the same way you're okay, you're dancing. That's it. That's it. You all just dance together, all in unity. Now, if you raise your hands and you wave them, God gave you two palms. When you wave your hands and you stomp your feet, you're praising God. So you never have to be afraid to dance. That's all it is. You just go for it. Right. All right. Y'all can sit down. Okay, the, ones, the person had Isaiah. Is there someone who found Isaiah 49, 13? Yes. Okay, you want to go ahead and read that? Sing, heaven, rejoice, earth. Break out in song, you mountains. For Adonai is comforting his people, having mercy on his own who have suffered. Yeah. 
Alright, I think that's the one that I took back and that you stole <laughs> someday. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Not a problem. God reworks some things. Alright, but did anybody hear Pastor at the end of the service Sunday? He said, um, go look up the word compassion in Hebrew. Did anybody go and look it up? I did. I did, I did. Okay. Um, just real shortly, it is, He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, was the scripture. When you break it down in the Hebrew, now I don't have a Hebrew dictionary. I have what's called Hebrew honey, which just highlights some of it and gives you a little more description to it. And I'm not sure if I can pronounce the Hebrew word, rakam. Okay. Basically, it means to love to cherish, to soothe with the primary idea lying in a gentle emotion of mind. Where does your mind like to go when it's upset? It goes into the things that upset you. It doesn't bring you soothing things. The, the mind is the devil's playground. He'll do whatever he can to keep your mind active and moving and thinking on things that you really don't need to. Um, there's some other definitions that it goes down. It's also basically a female word. So God the Father, strong and mighty, is also gentle like a mother. And we have Mother's Day coming up. So um, it also ties in with the carrion or the vulture, which is uh, in the sense of form of an eagle or bird. And those birds are very, very precious to their children. They watch over their young. And um, the other one that I love, the last one, and there were others, is favor and mercy. Compassion becomes most exciting when it precipitates favors to one. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and we got the privilege of that. Um, as far as the birds are concerned, Mike and I noticed Easter Sunday that we had, there were two little baby blue jays that evidently either got kicked out of the nest, thrown out of the, we don't know how, but they ended up in our compost pile. And um, one had wings and could fly a little bit, and as the day progressed, took off. The other one just had the little fur <laughs> and two wings, one on each side, and they were blue jay wings, so we knew that the, that the bird was. Well, that morning before we left, we were kind of watching them. I watched from the window, and I looked up and I realized blue jays are very territorial. They don't like any, they don't like you <laughs> in their space. And um, they will fly down, they will attack, they will do whatever they can to distract you from their nest or their area. They especially don't like other birds. So we looked up and there were several blue jays lined up on the fence, the back fence, the shed, and then in the, the shadow of the sun, I could see them on the roof. And I looked around, it wasn't just blue jays. There were morning doves and the little, the little sparrows. And um, I was going, I can't believe this. Why are they all... And we realized they were all guarding these little babies that were trying to, to fly. They were protecting them from any squirrel or our dogs or any other thing that got in, you know, close to them. And later on we got home and us they pretty much had gone away, except for the one little bird that didn't have his wings yet. And he had managed to hop from the compost pile all the way up to the house and around the corner. I found him in the, in the hose hanging on the fence. So he managed to get to the, another part of the house by the end of the day, and we finally just put some water up. We never saw him after that or her. Um, but at one point, I looked out the back window, and there was like a stone in our garden about this big, and the two little babies were sitting on the stone. Like the one who could fly was trying to tell the other one, be encouraged. You know, you can do it. <laughs> so um, I think God is so, so cool that he gives us Things he shows us things constantly. If we have our eyes open, um, he will give us signs and wonders Amen. all over, Amen. all over. Um, we just have to see them. All right, let's go into Philippians real quick. We had uh, Philippians four four through seven. Did somebody grab that one? And the next one would be Philippians four ten through thirteen, and the last one would be Philippians four nineteen. You said Philippians 4, 7. 4, 4 through 7. Four, four. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, Philippians 4, 10-13. I rejoice greatly in the Lord, that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in or in want. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Amen. And the last one, 419. And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. mix it off. Amen. Amen. The interesting thing I found out one day, um, many months ago, somebody did a scripture, and Philippians 4 has been one of my favorites, because it's always talking about glorifying God, rejoicing in Him, loving Him, um, and so I started underlining all those words that, that pertain to joy and gladness and joyfulness, and it's mentioned over 17 times just in the book of Philippians. So God has a reason for us to rejoice. There's a reason for us to rejoice in Him. Um, we're going to go to, and I think I can read this one, Zephaniah 3, 14 through 17. And then I'll give you the Hebrew meaning of that scripture. So you'll get the, the scripture itself. All right, I'm going to start. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The interesting part when that is um, put into the Hebrew meaning, um, it comes out, to, especially uh, verse 17, the last one, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is a powerful, mighty warrior. He will, he will bring salvation, get the victory, defend and preserve you. He will be bright with his glory and will laugh and be glad over you with lively glee, happy laughter and pleasure. He will rest in his love. He will spin around under the influence of joy, dancing over you with singing and shouts of triumph and proclamation of joy. If you go back to Exodus 15:20, Miriam's dance, that's what they did when they crossed the Red Sea. They responded to the glorious and amazing work of God that set them free. Amen. And they gave him glory. Jesus did the same thing in Luke 10:20. What it meant in that um, verse is basically he danced, he rejoiced in the spirit, he danced around in a circle is what that particular word rejoice. Some words in the Bible that say rejoice are actually. When it's translated into Greek or Hebrew, it translates into a form of dance. Leaping, turning, spinning, whirling, jumping, hopping, yes. Um, and he did this in response to the disciples saving souls and the discovery of the power of the name of Jesus. The disciples had the experience. And that's what we need to, um, to rest in and let God... Show us the experience. We all have experiences. We all have good, bad, you know, things that we learn from. And we need to rejoice um, in those. We had our firstborn um, little boy was stillborn. And I think that was the other time in my life I have never grieved so deeply during that time. So those of you that have had loss of family, babies, miscarriages, whatever, I, I felt the pain. And it's very, very real. And it's very hard to get through that. And the sad part is that the first day that they let me home from the hospital, we went to a church and somebody sat like right, either right in front of us or right behind us with like a brand new baby. It was the hardest thing to go to the grocery store and see people with their babies because I would think that would be wrong. But God blessed us with three more. Amen. And, um, and, and beyond that, we have six grandchildren. So 
um, God does a good thing. He brings you through these trials and these um, times of sadness in your life. There's a reason and a purpose. Not that we're to wallow in it or to be afraid of it or to even fight it sometimes. We just have to seek God first. Look to Him first. And He will just, he just, he will just like draw you and lead you. So we're going to go through three little words here and not very long. Um, they all start with the letter I. So the first one is interested. The second one is immersed. And the third one is inspired. So I'm just going to highlight a little bit of this. Um, really, the word that I had was immersed based on something that God did to me one night. And um, I'm still trying to figure out what that is, but it was a good thing. So I'll share that as we get a little farther into it. Um, we're interested, first of all, in him. So something catches your interest. And if you're interested in someone, what is it that made your thoughts go to that person or even to God or to Jesus? Think back on your own. I'll just give you a second. Kind of rent through your own mind. All right? Interested. What caught your interest about Jesus that turns your life around? All right? The second thing is being immersed with him. That means covered, totally, surrounded by, um, literally could be underwater. Just totally, completely. And then the third one is inspired by him. So if you've been introduced to him, you've been interested in him, and then all of a sudden you find that you are immersed with him. Totally covered. I mean, everything about him you want. And out of that comes your desire, the inspiration to tell him, to tell others about him. Amen. To let him, others know what you've done, what's happened. How he's brought you through, I think is the biggest thing for most people. He's brought me through. Yeah. <laughs> gotten me yeah. through something. So, um, just a real short definition. Um, basically, the definition that I have, the first one was, uh, we're going to talk about interested for just a second. And to be interested, it's also something that catches your attention. It's the quality of the thing that arouses interest to cause you to be involved to persuade, to want to participate with, to engage. Um, it's a common identifying interest that usually brings people together. There's something that connects you with somebody else that sparks the interest and, and brings you together um, in that interest. The catches apart is the overtaking, the apprehending, to grasp the senses or the mind. Um, in today's society, it's anything on MTV, uh, Facebook. These are things I don't see or watch, so I can't describe them to you. Um, but the things that our young people have, and I see it a lot at the studio, at the dance studio, um, even among Christians, it's really interesting, the things that grab the kids' minds. Um, in the Hebrew, it was to learn of him who is wisdom. So you're attracted to something um, and if I'm talking about the Lord, um, it's something that attracts you to him. He's saying something to you. He's showing you something. There's something there that you don't have that you want and to be attracted to that. He says in Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. Um, I don't have it written down, but in 1 Samuel 18, 30, it's talking about the learning affects the actions. As you learn, you act and you respond to what you have learned. And um, it, just as examples, Paul, he got blinded on the road. <laughs> I mean, he really got his eyes closed before he got them open. Um, that was how God got his interest. And he ended up in a man's house who showed him and told him the things of God. Ezekiel was another uh, prophet of God that God showed him and took him in the spirit to a place where there were dry bones. And I think we, that was just mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that was a real revelation to him. He not only had to hear God, 
but he saw it, and then God told him to do something with it, and then he saw what he said come about. Can you imagine seeing a body of just dead bones, nothing? And God put them all together, and then he called them his army. That to me is just, I mean, Ezekiel, and, and Ezekiel had already seen and heard a lot of things by that time from the Lord. But that to me was one of the major things in his life. Jesus would do things to attract people to him that people wouldn't always um, think of. He would go down and wrote the sand, got their attention. He would tell stories, got their attention. So people were drawn to him besides of him just being um, God, just being the Lord. They didn't make that connection at that point. Um, the next word is the, the word of immersed. And I guess what brought the thing to me is, how did you know that he had your heart? How did you know that Jesus had your heart? You were committed to him, totally immersed. Usually when you're first born again, at least I did, you got into the Bible and you read everything you could, and you got every other thing you could gather around you, and pretty soon for me, God said, I got so intense, especially on dance, because that, that was my interest, and probably still is. Um, he said, did I tell you to do that? And I was going, no. I mean, I had papers and papers and papers about dancing the Bible and the scriptures. And, and it was getting to the part where it was overloading me. I was drowning in it, literally. And I lost sight of the Lord in the process of trying to find him. I lost sight of him. So um, the thing that brought this all back to me, especially the word immersed, um, I went to sleep. Well, I tried to go to sleep. One evening, not too long ago, I think it was in November. And I laid down and I closed my eyes, but I could still see the light. I could still see light. And it was a blue light, and it got brighter, and it got more intense. And I opened my, light, my eyes, and I still saw the light. You know, you test it out, right? Um, and if anyone here has had lost vision in an eye or has, has uh, been blinded. I had a complete um, retina detachment. I mean, it was gone. I was legally blind. They didn't ever think I would see. And during that time while waiting, um, when I closed my eyes, all I saw was white light, which is really hard to go to sleep because nothing closes down. And I struggled with that for a long time. Well, this kind of reminded me of that. My first thought was, oh, somebody's drawing my eyes again. That was my first thought. And I thought, no, this is something different. So then I said, okay, Jesus' name be gone. I figured that would work, right? Mm -hmm. Using the name of Jesus, be gone. It's not going to be there anymore. I tried every way I could to get that light to go away, and it would not go away. So finally, I tried to roll over. I tried to move, and it was like I was frozen on my left side, um, trying to shut my eyes. It would not go away. I finally went to sleep with this light, but before I did, it like totally came into the room, surrounded me, didn't bother Mike at all. Sorry, dear. <laughs> it totally surrounded me. And I was going, okay, God, I can't turn over. I can't go to sleep because the light is still shining in my eyes. Whatever you're doing, I guess I'm just going to stay here until you finish. And I did. I finally just was able to settle down, but I couldn't move. It was like this blanket had enveloped me. And I felt like I was being hugged, but I couldn't move. I, I couldn't respond to it. I finally went to sleep. And later on, I realized, after a while, that when I woke up the next morning, my feet weren't hurting, my knees weren't sore, nothing in me was out of order. It's like he put me back in order within myself, put my body back in order with itself. And um, no sickness, nothing. It was just like my whole body just been completely wiped clean. And um, it's been that way ever since. Amen. Every now and then I might have a little something in the feet, but if you're dancing all day and you're jumping that way, you're <laughs> My toes get tired more than my feet do, but um, there are times, yeah, where I get tired. But 
that was just like he completely renewed, refreshed. I do not know yet fully what that was. I just know I was completely immersed in him. And I couldn't get out of it. Could not get out of it. Woke up the next morning, of course, it was gone. So the immersion, um, the definitions are basically to plunge into something that surrounds or covers you. Now that's pretty awesome. You know, go to the swimming pool. Down you go, and the little kids, you could stay there forever. And you could look up and see the lights and the brightness, and, and yet you're just totally surrounded in this, this watery space. Uh, it's also to baptize by immersion, to grow holy underwater, and this one I like, Psalm 91, disappears behind or into the shadow of another. So, um, basically, to enclose on all sides, I mean, what I share with you kind of was the definition of it. Um, it's total spatial inclusion towards the inside or into the middle and become a part of. Mentally, we can think of it as the Word of God. We can immerse ourselves totally in the Word of God, totally in the Bible. Physically, it's, um, according to definition, it would be being water baptized. You are now outwardly showing that you are immersed in Him. Um, spiritually, it can be speaking in tongues. It takes you beyond just a simple prayer. Now you are really hooking in to to God and to the Lord and what He's trying to speak to you and to others. And I have to apologize and ask your forgiveness. There have been many times where I've had a word to speak and I didn't speak it fast enough. Oh, when y'all have one, sometimes you just go really fast. <laughs> but I do write it down. I have lots of things written. Emotionally, that's where our experiences come in. That's where your experiences come in. Um, the, I, I'll just share a couple of things that happened to me after I was born again spirit-filled. Mostly it had to do with the car. I was uh, driving down the street one night, going home, and our street in Tulsa was a very long street to get to our house. We were like right in the middle of that square mile. And I was just praying in tongues, you know, I just kind of thought along. I felt really good. I was <laughs> just rejoicing. And all of a sudden, God says, look to your left and to your right. Well, there are houses. Okay? I didn't think anything of it. He said, no. What's in them? People. Um, sometimes he does this game with me where I have to, to, you know, what is and I have to answer. What I understood from that is that I was praying. My car was like a boat on the water. Oh, you guys will get this. My boat was on the water with the waves that go behind it. Okay, I'm praying in the spirit. I'm just driving down the street, not paying really any attention to what's going on. But there were people in those houses who needed an answer to prayer. And my prayer rippled right into their house. And God said, he didn't say which house or exactly what, but he said there were some who were fighting and the argument just ended. And they didn't know why. There were some whose children were sick and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to call the doctor or wait. They got the answer. There was someone who, who got hurt. They like burned themselves on the stove. They got healed. I didn't know that. He made it very clear to me that when we pray in tongues, it's not for our personal edification, although we can. It's a connection that we have to him. And when we pray, whether it's in tongues or not, God hears. Amen. Um, he showed me one day here in church that we were praying, we were praising and worshiping God. It was during praise and worship. And I looked up and I saw in the corner like plastic tubes. And they had lights in them. The tubes were like our prayers and our praise and our worship going up to heaven. So God gets it as sound and he gets it as light. That God can use because he is light. He can use it to whatever advantage, to whatever situation he wants to go, and he may have used it for somebody who. It's kind of like those boxes, the light boxes in the 60s. You put lights, you know, Christmas lights in, and you turn them on, and they just constantly, constantly, it's going up to him. We don't see it. So when you stand and do nothing because you're mad, you have an argument in the car on the way to church, your kid is just not doing what they're supposed to do. 
You've got to let it go. When you walk in this door, this is God's sanctuary. He wants us to praise Him. He wants us to rejoice in Him. Sorry. He wants us to, to worship Him. And the whole thing for Philippians is to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. As you do that, other things fall by the wayside. They thought the argument can be dealt with later if it even needs to. The child will eventually get their act together and everything goes on. Okay? So, being immersed in Him. Um, but that was, that was the biggest one. It, it's like we're sending up an incense of frankincense to Him. Has anybody ever here smelled frankincense? Oh. <laughs> it, it's better than any perfume you all have ever smelled. It is just a beautiful, beautiful smell. <laughs> I don't know. My friends who came here blow the shofar, and they have to use that to clean the shofar to keep it from smelling. And they blew the shofar in our house, and so you could smell it immediately. And um, it's a beautiful, beautiful smell. Um, the other thing, as far as being immersed in Him, is just a simple commandment is we're to call on Jesus. And this is what we, what I did when our son uh, went into the hospital. At first we didn't know what the situation was, and we found out later he had a brain tumor. I was like, okay, go on, I can pray, I can do all this stuff. He said, just call on Jesus. Hello? Just call on Jesus. We don't have to get dramatic and into stuff. We just call on his name. He's there. And he's a walking, talking miracle. A lot of you have already heard the story for his um, healing. He still needs prayer. He has a shoulder that has to be <laughs> reworked. But um, even the scar on his head is healed. And so he'll soon be able to get the, the rest of the, the treatment to get rid of the little bits that were left there. Um, other things as far as being immersed for me. Um, was um, the car. <laughs> I've, I've spun my car in a 360 and a 180 on dry ice one night, all by myself. I was about 17 years old. I hadn't been driving that long. It was dark. I was on a country road. Thank goodness that there were no ditches because I did the 360 and ended up almost in the ditch and trying to get out of there and did a 180 to come back around. <laughs> and then I went merely on my way home, praising God all the way, and I didn't even really at the time was born again. Um, two other incidents happened. One time I was turning left and you had to go a little bit over a hill and there was a lower part. Um, you're supposed to stop on a school bus. Well, but not when there's a big, huge, grassy median in between. You don't have to stop. Well, the two cars in front of me slammed their brakes on because they saw the bus down the way. And I didn't know where to go because they were taking up two lanes. I went on the sidewalk. In front of Ashley Mel Jim's office <laughs> and um, kind of stopped there and realized that that sidewalk in that particular area was wide enough for my car to sit on. Because wow. I stopped the car and I thought, okay, now how am I going to get out of here? Mm -hmm. And God just said go. So I went forwards, went out the driveway on the other side and carried on my way. <laughs> and um, rejoiced at that time because I knew that if God hadn't been with me, I would either have hit somebody or hit a post. I mean, there was just this timing involved that I was able to do it. The only other time was um, a gentleman cut me off in a rainstorm. He decided to come up from behind me on the right, and he decided to do a left turn. And I had nowhere to go. I couldn't slow my brakes on. I didn't see him coming. All of a sudden, he was there. So I just went with him <laughs> and pulled in. I got stopped, and my daughter was with me, and I said, oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. And I said, Crystal, the angels just got us out of that wreck. And she looked at me and I said, don't you believe that? Um, well, the interesting part was that guy evidently was a Christian. So he gave me a really friendly gesture, you know, and gave it another look like, who do you think you are? You know, cutting me off. And then he pulled into a Mardell's Christian bookstore. <laughs> I thought, God, you really do have a sense of humor. You protect us no matter where we are. Um, and again, that comes with being immersed in him, covered, covered in the blood, covered in, uh, in, in everything that he is. All right, the last one is inspired. Um, after you were born again, 
what inspired you? And you, you, don't, you can just think on your own for a moment. What inspired you to stay with this person that you learned to be Jesus? What was it that inspired you to step out and do things that other people around you didn't understand, didn't care about, thought you were crazy? But you kept on. There's something that he put in you to inspire you. And that was his Holy Spirit more than anything else. He blew himself into you. Just as he did to Adam. He created in you. He imparted into you. Um, he communicated knowledge to you to show you how to divide the lies from the truth. He also um, gets a reaction to your response. All the things that you said in your life, you react to in one way or another. Um, there's two things in the Hebrew that connected with the word inspired. And I didn't, um, it's Isaiah 42, 14. I didn't write it out all the way. But the man himself will know when he is inspired by God and others hearing and seeing him will also know. God in you just sticks out like a sore thumb everywhere you go. Amen. Have you, have you ever walked into, um, we walked into a place, uh, like a, uh, convenience store late at night my mom had to have candy to go in her little gum machine that I fixed for her and we were coming home and it was like, like 10, 10.30 we pulled up and there was nobody there the guy, the manager who was there was so bored he was out sweeping the sidewalk there was nobody there at 10 o'clock so we figured okay we're just going to get out well by the time we walked to the door went to the right, found the candy and turned around there were people already lined up at the cash register and all the pumps out in the, all the gas pumps were full. And I looked at my mom and I said, I looked at my wife and said, we've only been in here maybe like four minutes. Where do these people come from? And the manager had not a clue either. We asked him when we got it to pay for our price. And I have found this more and more, um, where the people of God goes, others follow. So I've gone into a store and it's been like nobody there. And within minutes, there's all these people coming in. I've kind of gotten used to it after a while, but it still surprises me at times, um, especially driving on the highway for long distances. Do you ever find yourself driving in a bubble? Like the traffic ahead of you is like a mile ahead, and the traffic behind you, you can see the rearview mirror a mile behind. Um, but there you are, in your own little place, just you know, going along. Eventually the ones behind you will catch up. Um, and then other things, God has kept me from being involved in wrecks because I slowed down or was in my own little bubble, had plenty of time to stop, could see way ahead. Um, he just, he, he wants you so close to him, he just wants to hug you. The song, the song that we sang tonight, he wants to hug you all the time, all the time. He doesn't turn away from us, we turn away from him. Um, he's still there when we turn back around and we have to have enough faith in him that he believes us when we say we're sorry and he can tell whether you really mean it you ever try to get a three year old to say they're sorry <laughs> it's a real interesting thing and I have had to do that lately at the studio because even little girls can get in fights um, I had two this week <laughs> it's only Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't happen very often, but there were two, um, and they have to they have to learn to forgive and to ask forgiveness and to accept it before we can go on. So um, interesting, children. But if we're the children of God, we can't say that we're any better at times than that. We've gotten ourselves in an argument that we didn't want to let go of, and we fought it to the very end. Um, Stay immersed in Him. Keep your thoughts, keep your eyes focused to Him. Let the working of your faith in that God is able to perform what He says He will do. And never, never be afraid to ask. Never. Um, I'm going to finish here in just a second. But I wanted to, there's one other thing, and it's written literally in the front of my Bible. Um, this came, of all places, this little quote came from my dance teacher. She put it above her door. She 
exited out of the studio. And I saw it numerous times, never thought about it, anything about it. And then one time I sit down and wrote it down. And then I, I don't just write things, I do a word study. <laughs> I can't just write stuff, I have to dig into it. So the two words um, were cultivate enthusiasm. And Pastor, you touched on this Sunday. Okay. The quote was, people will like you better for it, you will escape the dull routine of a mechanical existence, and you will make headway wherever you are. Well, I thought that was pretty cool. So I got into studying the word cultivate, and basically it means to care for, to turn. It's a system of religious worship devoted to, attached or attachment to. Cultivate provokes the development or growth of, it requires, it develops. It also seeks to develop familiarity with and gives one attention to, in other words, pursue. Well, pursue is another word. Enthusiasm comes from the Greek, entheos. It means possessed by God. The words in, I-N or E-N, in this case, entheos, basically are saying in God. It's a supernatural inspiration or possession, intense or eager interest, zeal, fervor, and passion. In other words, to cultivate enthusiasm is to pursue after God with passion. Amen. Amen. Right? Because God pursues after you with passion and love. Greater love than you have ever seen. Um, Desire to be in God's presence. And how you get there is through His Word, through listening, through hearing, through seeing. Basically, it's all through your, your senses. Isn't it kind of interesting how God gives us all five senses and those are all ways to connect with Him? He said, I haven't figured out how eating connects. I'm not sure with communion. <laughs> I have. Hang out with me. <laughs> okay. Um, exactly. Yes. Yes. God is awesome. All right, there's a couple of things that um, God showed me, and I have several, but I'm really going to, there's only a couple of them that I want to read because. Um, this one, not this one, this one, um, came to me um, after praise and worship one time. I just sat there and wrote it out. And I think it really was something that God wanted you, the body, to hear. Because we were just moved. We were just getting into this place. It might have been the first Sunday. Um, God said, you have answered my call, says the Lord. You have been obedient to respond to my children. So I've taken you from chains that would have bound you and put you into, into freedom, that you may glorify my name and be my glory. My desire for you is great. Continue to look to me and I will lead you. I seek you to do my work, for I know your hearts are obedient towards me, says the Lord. Now my precious ones, understand there will be tests and trials both within and without for you to walk through, but I will not leave you nor forsake you as your eyes turn to me. I will give you wisdom, favor, understanding, knowledge, as a groom gives to his bride, abundance, according to my covenant. Now continue my work where I have placed you. Lift up your heads, therefore your eyes, and look to me. I am your God. Come on, don't have keep one of those back. <laughs> That's one of those where I got it so fast. And then others spoke in the direction a different way. I thought, okay, Lord, I'll just so no, you can I'm speak. You can speak also. I can yeah, speak out of turn. We needed that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there's two more. <laughs> Actually, a whole bunch more, but these are the most recent ones. Um, I think I probably told um, Eric this one. Again, it was standing here, and, and I don't always open my eyes, because a lot of the music I already know. I'm, I'm immersed in the music all day long at the studio. So I hear the Christian music over and over again. Um, in my house, my... My CD player is either KSBJ or a CD I'm listening to. Um, and ever since I came to know the Lord, that's been, I've always had to have music around me. He said, in my house here are many instruments, instruments of praise. The instruments he meant were you, okay? Some are as pianos, some are as trumpets, some as a bass, a melody, and beat. All together, when played, they become a joyous noise. You are the instrument, your body, the body of Christ. Play the instrument you are and become a part of, in unity with the orchestra of God, and play his melody. Give me praise, 
And I think we're going that direction. Um, this one, we were talking, someone had a word about waves. And God gave me this. Um, and I didn't want to repeat it because it was pretty much what they had said. Or at least the thought of it was, let the wave come, let the wave come. Let the waves roll over you and enfold you like my arms that hold you. I will be with you as the wave curls and pushes you through the trials to the other side. I will be there as you come up to me and ride on the wave of my presence. Let the wave come. And this is when the, we were just finding out about the rent. And all the stuff we went through, the ups and the downs and everything. So, um, I'll read these real quick. Um, there was a word lullaby came to me. And praise and worship. And I thought, oh yeah, lullaby. Well, then Cassidy came up at some point for Emmy to be prayed for. And God said, God is singing lullabies to us through the words of his spirit. We need to crawl up and dead his arms, rest in his peace, and listen to his heartbeat. Feel his love, hear his voice, be comforted, know that he loves you. Hear the lullaby of Jesus. And then the word echo. And what he said in this was, his word echoes from our heart and reverberates in all directions to do that which it was sent. His voice will not stop, it goes to all places. That put me back to a car driving down the road. Sometimes you just have to walk someplace. You just have to move and God will follow. Um, This is a, a prayer that I have for me when I was going through a time that I felt like I'd lost my joy. You know, I couldn't get, I just couldn't get excited. I, nothing seemed to work. Um, I'd raise my hands and go right back down. I had a really hard time. Um, and this prayer came to me, and I actually have it in my billfold. I keep it in there. But the prayer was, and, and, I, and I will pray this for you all too as well, is restore to me, O oh God, my joy for life, for living a life for you, a desire to serve you by serving, helping, loving those who come across my path daily. Let your Holy Spirit minister unto me your wisdom, your mercy, your kindness, your precious love. Fill me with your abundance, full and overflowing, that I may give and do unto others as Jesus. So I'm going to end with the scripture as we started it. I hope no, I didn't. Okay, just a second. It's Isaiah 40. There. There. Okay. I'm going to start in verse 28 and read down to 31. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait in the, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So I would ask the Lord tonight to let us be as eagles, that we can soar up into his presence and we can come down to earth and do what is needed. And we can go back and get our strength from him always. And I just want to say thank you to this body, to this wonderful church that we have found ourselves in. Um, we are so blessed. There are such people here. You did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you to all of you who spoke before me. <laughs> you gave me courage and you also imparted things to me that I went back and studied on so don't think that what you shared is just words that went out and did nothing at least they went to me and I studied them and I did and I want to thank each and every one of you how many of you would prefer that Sharon didn't write those things down but that she spoke them and then wrote them down I think that's a glowing endorsement that it will be received I, I know when we were moving from one building to this one, uh, you know, I had those few days where I'm like, Lord, we zig when we should have zag? What's going on here? 
And then the general consensus, it feels like God set us free from that place so we could do something new. But he spoke that to someone. <laughs> Look, this is, uh, this, is, this is why we do what we do. It's why we do on Wednesday nights what we do. It's, it's, this is the place where we're supposed to learn, develop our gifting, where this is the team. This is the safe place to do it so that when you stand before kings and nations, you've already got it home. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Can, you, uh, can you glean something from what you heard tonight? Yeah. Interested, immersed, yeah. and inspired? I mean, yeah. that's a pretty good word. Um, I did something I don't always do. Uh, while I was sitting next to Terry, something that uh, Sharon said, struck me and I, I just remembered a conversation that I had with Charlie Brown not long ago and I asked him if he would speak next Wednesday and I never assign people things to speak on but I asked him if he would speak on prayer and uh, he gave me the nod so I'm assuming he understood what I asked and, I, and, uh, and, and we're trying to bind him to it now publicly. <laughs> Listen, I think this is a direction our church is moving in. And the Lord uh, stirred my heart towards this as, as Sharon was uh, speaking. I think it's necessary. Uh, you can only go so far on a war campaign if you're not calling in the air attack. I mean, that, that's just the truth. I want to read you something here. Um, it comes from Revelation 8 and verse 3. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with all the prayers of the saints on the golden altar before the throne. You have to picture an angel standing in front of a throne, whatever this may look like, and in one hand he has an incense burner. You know, you've probably only seen these in the Roman church, you know, maybe Greek Orthodox. And he's holding this, and in the other hand he was given prayers of the saints. I don't know what that looked like, but John saw it. And that's what he said he was given. He then, in the next verse, takes those two things and places them on the altar. Don't know why. Don't know what he's doing with them. But then he takes fire from the altar that he's just kindled from these two things, and he hurls it to the earth. And when it hit the earth, physical changes happened on the earth. Okay? I didn't make this stuff up. John the Revelator saw this. I mean, that's clearly what this passage says. This means that the little girl praying while her daddy's in a plane rises into the heavens, is combined with something there, and sent back to the earth. Now, I'm going to let somebody else teach on prayer. Somebody who's done this much longer and got a deeper, richer, fuller prayer life than me. But I, I'm telling you that this is important. If God wants His people out of Babylon, He raises up a man to pray that it occur. Okay? What I took from Sharon's message tonight were those three words, interested, immersed, and inspired. And I have to tell you, I got seriously interested in Jesus. And because of that, I got wrapped up in it. I mean, really wrapped up in it. It hadn't faded yet. And then my life began about began to be about inspiring other people to do the same. Uh, I think if you took that plus her personal testimonies away from this, your life would be richer for it. Amen? And isn't that what Wednesdays are about? Yes. Uh, she nailed uh, the RHM, too, by the way. That's Hebrew for compassion. But it's even more crazy than that. And wait till I read it to you out of the Hebrew lexicon. Come Sunday, you'll learn something that you didn't know. Okay? Is that fair enough? Okay, is that a teaser? I'm not selling it. It's not 1999, but I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Huh? But, but wait, there's more. Not just one hour, but 90 minutes. Y'all stand up there. Mike, you pretty proud of your girl? Yes, sir. Yeah, I bet so. I bet so. Look, just because she didn't see that light wrap, wrap uh, you up to, doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, she, hey, hey we, we've inspired a word. Give it. I just uh, want to say I was tracking with you really strong the whole message God has been teaching me those things and a different way to hear it. Um, it's all the scriptures, bang, bang, bang. And then uh, just last night I was reading... Uh, the powerful book, and he's saying, just like in Isaiah, when he's, when he's uh, before the throne, Isaiah 6, and he says, he, he, and he breaks it down. He's, Isaiah has a vision of, of God's holiness. He has a vision of his depravity in himself, and then he has a vision of 
the lost and who will go for me, you know, those kind of things. And that lines up really well with what you were saying. Inspired or interested in God's holiness, um, immersed in, in you know, the, the time when you're when you're most aware of your depravity is when you can be most immersed in God and uh, inspired, you know, to go reach, <laughs> to go for God, you know. It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. cool how it lines up with what God's teaching me. I'm a preacher, so I steal little tidbits here and there, and I promise somewhere else I'll preach that. <laughs> JJ, turn and pray for us, brother. Pray in a way that they can all hear you and uh, re release us. God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the testimony, God. God, we ask as we go from this place, God, you not only have your angels, God, and your presence about us, God, but that your word would go before us, God, that you would be a banner that would go before us, God, as we lift you up, God, you would lead the way, the way to everlasting. God, we thank you and give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.